We're on. Hello, everyone. I'm Nico, as you probably know, since you're on my channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm Brand Flakes, otherwise known as Meowny Flakes, otherwise known as Brand, otherwise known as blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, you have a lot of nicknames, yeah. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> yeah, and as you guys are aware, this is the first episode of Making Sense of Returnal Return, which will be covering the meta and um yeah just the meta using statistics i've got a bunch of statistics and we're also just gonna obviously throw our own opinions in the manner as statistics can't tell everything right they can paint a little bit of a story but you gotta interpret them they can't just be the end all be all yeah which is obviously the best part because that's how we get to the territory of people being mad at us because we don't know what we're talking about and everything <laughs> yeah exactly hopefully you guys will be in at least, or yeah, enjoy the podcast um, as for our first episode, and yeah, just give feedback if you what you want us to change about it for the future. And yeah, I guess now we'll just start off. We're gonna start off with pick rate. Um, I think yeah, we're just gonna do most pick characters first, and yeah, let me just go. Here we are with our pick rate. So first we have Kathy with the highest pick rate right now. Oh yeah, just to mention also, it's diamond plus stats right now. Um, top 1000's kind of, to be honest, is like plat 4, and I was like, I don't know, do I count like one person playing one game? So, I kind of narrowed it down more of this season, or like this episode, but in the future we'll be doing top 1000's. So yeah, we have Kathy with the highest pick rate, followed by Shurik and Cicela. Then Crossbow Nadine and Aiden, and then last is Shuriken Sahir. So I just wanted to first off talk about Kathy, as you guys can see on stream right now. So Kathy actually got a huge rework during the preseason, right? So as you guys are probably aware, she no longer gets enhanced damage from critical strike damage. Her passive actually applies 60% healing reduction, which is insane to me like that's as much as sanguine goodbye you know your vf item accessories um and her like q passive also does skill damage plus like basic attack damage as well so what people have been doing as you can see with this kathy is they build just attack power they don't actually build spell amp even though they tried pretty hard to and like or make amp characters be like more amp but now kathy is like no i'm gonna stick to vibroblade gonna do chang pao bucephalus so yeah they kind of play more of a style where they just use spells to proc their q passive from what i've seen and it seems to work out because it's her spells still do a decent amount of damage even without building amp but her autos also quite hurt yeah what are your thoughts on kathy right now yeah, she's definitely pretty interesting just because they've given her that change where you're allowed to now kind of split your damage sources, which is a change that they've asked for Kathy and Sua. So it is kind of funny seeing that Sua isn't getting this treatment, but <laughs> Kathy is. I'm assuming that's due to the mage changes, obviously. And yeah, I am kind of surprised that we've landed in this realm where she is mostly going like a split between AP slash crit stacking. Just yeah. because... That probably is the nature of the fact that her, I think her amp ratios aren't quite as good as what they were before. 
but I could be wrong on that. I believe her amp ratios are still mm, like 50%, maybe. I mean, obviously, like the Q passive or just her passive ratios with the bleed aren't high because it's a bleed, right? But yeah, I think everything is like decent. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think the reason why I assume her ratios are lower is purely because her Q her Q passive, the thing with the auto, obviously isn't being affected by fill implication anymore, like it was in the past. So yeah, maybe it just feels funnier. <laughs> but yeah, the Q passive uh is actually just AP and level, so that's why she's also able to kind of keep up with everyone because she does more damage as she just levels up. So, um. Yeah, I just she's always been popular and just KR as whole, like even last season, like she's always had this kit where like she's either like kind of broken or like no one plays her or like really bad because of her assassin style. Um, I would say that she's like, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think she's like broken right now, or do you think she's just people enjoy playing Kathy, so they're playing her? um if i'm being honest there it always feels like there's two sides to that coin because a lot of people will obviously say they really like playing a character but you'll notice that a lot of the time well obviously in na we have a lot of dedicated mains right so these people will actually never swap off unless their character is legitimately bad but i noticed that in korea koreans at least kind of play the characters that they think are strong and are quote-unquote fun so this is kind of a weird comparison, but Kathy and Dylin often feel the same niche, in my opinion, where you can tell that one is you can tell that they're very, very overtuned when they get played a lot. And I think Kathy is kind of fulfilling that first part where you can tell she's overtuned because people are playing her. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know. I said I always think with her being an assassin, if she can't kill you in her like combo, just people stop playing her but i don't know if that just is because again her combo was too strong and that's why uh, everyone's playing her in the first place or it's just she can't actually play the game right yeah i know it's always really hard to say because kathy is one of those characters where there's a lot of extra damage that you can squeeze out of her but obviously like you like you said because she has an assassin combo and that assassin combo is very loosely like what you're going to Q auto, then either hit your outer W or E, and then potentially auto attack afterwards. And a lot of the time when Kathy is strong, letting the wall stun is optional. But if she's weak, you could consider it to be required. And then it becomes a game of like, if your character, like let's just say like the obviously normal drone has done a lot of balancing around ranged characters HP versus melee character HP, and so. If you're comboing a ranged character, usually it's much easier to one-shot them because their base stats are much worse. Um, unless your name is Martina or Athena, those two ranged characters have some insane base HP. Oh, really? I've heard people saying Martina has like, really bad base stats. Yeah, her AP is bad, but her HP is very, very good. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it, it just kind of becomes a question of what you're playing because if you're playing a character that can get one tap, she feels very unfair, but if your character can't then it's often up to the Kathy player to find that extra damage which is normally optional so i think a lot of Kathy players don't ever learn to find that extra damage or they just kind of curl up and die <laughs> yeah 
So yeah, now let's move on to. I think we talked about Kathy enough to be honest. So let's move on to yeah. our next. It's not that popular. <laughs> yeah, it's not that popular now. Only like five point four percent. That's not super popular, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk only about twice it. per lobby. <laughs> yeah, only twice per lobby now. Yeah, let's talk about Shirk and Cicela. Honestly, Cicela, well, Shirk and specifically here, was impacted by the big amplification change that happened during preseason. And um, yeah, it just amp in general during preseason was really rough. Uh, as you guys are probably aware, I play Linux mainly and just those amp changes at the beginning definitely felt real rough, but they've given the buffs to the characters since then in a hot fix, and that includes Cicela as well. And now she's definitely a powerhouse, I would say, between uh, just Cicela's kit in general and Deferun being quite strong as well, as well as Red Sprite being quite good too, since they gave that a decent buff as well. Yeah, do you have anything to add about uh, Cicela? Yeah, I was thinking about just all the changes that happened. As you mentioned, they had the kind of game-wide amp rework, and a lot of characters were kind of in the gutter afterwards. And so Nimble Duron had to really kind of like... It, it, I don't want to say it was kind of like a coin toss for who got what buffs, but you could tell that certain characters got healthier number adjustments than others. And you could argue that the Sela was on the healthier side just because obviously um, Death Rune was compensated very, very healthily for its amp. Like if you look at, um, I, I forget the numbers exactly, but I remember someone comparing Fireball to Death Rune and Fireball, throw in Shuriken obviously yeah, are I remember that. completely different weapons. Yeah, but it's like Fireball has like what, like 60 less AP for yeah. barely better amp for um what was it level 15 and above so yeah you what's... can tell that certain weapon types are just way more favorable <laughs> yeah like what's the difference between amp between shuriken and throw do you know at all like is it a decent margin or uh i just... want to say that the amp values themselves are very close but i think it's the ap that actually kind of makes the difference most of the time but then if you look at the transition amp items like well, basically, it's just death, uh, death rune, right? Death rune is much better than fireball. Yeah, almost for sure. completely. And there's no other amp transition throw item. Period. Yeah, there's no other amp transition throw item. So, if you're looking at fireball, which is it, and then shuriken has well, death it's, rune. It's just different and... for shuriken too, because they changed Sudarsana. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I was thinking like Sudarsana's the auto attack one now, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the Chloe one. <laughs> Which yeah, I think we'll be going into mode. later on, but yeah, that's a very interesting change in my opinion. Yeah, it's definitely fun watching how they handle transition weapons because a lot of transition weapons, they, I mean, I think Dane's Leaf is a classic one where if you look at Dane's Leaf, it's pretty absurdly strong, and then even if you look at Force Four weapons, like um, well, I guess this is kind of old now since they've redone Fragrack. But if you looked at Fragrack, like the Force Core version versus Cerberus, you could tell that the old Fragrack was just way better than this new Force Core Cerberus, or even just um, a lot of the Force Core weapons that exist. Like they just, they just don't seem to give equal transition weapons equal stat weights. Not saying that Dylan deserves. Like obviously, I don't think we're gonna talk about Dylan at all. But I think Dylan's super strong, and so she doesn't need like a higher quality Cerberus to be fair. But it's yeah. funny knowing that 
technically, if you look at how weapons are treated, she should have gotten access to a way better Cerberus. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I do agree, but yeah, it's Dylan, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, do not bump Dylan, please. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll just also just throw Shuriken Sahir out here. I know he's like fifth, but it's honestly pretty similar to Cicela. Um, They both pretty much build the exact same items and are impacted by the exact same changes. Other than, of course, Sahir plays a bit differently, needing to land skill shots for hit the like for his whole entire kit. Um, but like item wise, and just like amp, they're both amp characters. They're I think they're both equally strong and just deferent again and red sprite i believe he does red sprite i um probably should have double checked and maybe he does vamp instead but anyways they're pretty similar so just deferent being strong and you have of course the shuriken characters i think all of them hedgen as well are just incredibly strong right now yeah and the common link they all share is deferent obviously since as we all know, and as we've reiterated, Death Rune is a little overtuned <laughs> compared to its other transition item counterparts. I guess the interesting question will be if they choose to nerf Death Rune first, or if they nerf all the, if they even get around to it, nerf all the Shuriken and characters. Yeah, um, I, I wonder, because I'm assuming they'll just change Death Rune, but yeah, they might touch all the Shuriken characters in general, like they're scaling. But yeah, let's... Now talk about crossbow Nadine. Um, Nadine during preseason actually got a huge change to her stack gains. Like they pretty much doubled all of her stacks except for like, like bears, which, I mean, it was at nine stacks originally, and they got changed. I think uh, up to like seventeen or something insane, like maybe fifteen. I don't know something incredibly high, and so her damage kind of went through the roof, I'd say, and then they did nerf crossbow um, armor pen by a little bit, and then they kind of changed how... And they also nerfed crit, too, which crossbow Nadine is one of the, the crit characters, and I'm trying to think what else. They did actually like nerf her stackings by a little bit, but it's still higher than it was last season. So yeah, what are your thoughts with Nadine this season and just animals in general with her? Yeah, they definitely, or I think they already nerfed the stacks because they know that chickens were at four, now they're down to three. I think preseason or before season seven, they're at two. Yeah. I forget the exact numbers. Like you said, they, they did some ridiculous changes to Nadine stacking. And it was really funny because the amount of stacking, basically the degree of stacking both they gave essentially meant that you got a free 100% skill amp. Yeah. Um, the equivalent of it, right, for yeah. uh, season seven, which was really crazy, which actually meant that. Ironically enough, if you built pure tank attack speed Nadine, your damage output from stacks would be the exact same as if you had built 100% skill amp, with like very, very small differences, because obviously there was still skill amp scaling, but it was very poor for Nadine. And I think it's hard to say if Nadine, like how this change actually affects her, because the popular way of playing Nadine right now is just pure crit and playing crossbow and then rely on over, like, again, speaking of overstated items, Stronga got minus, what, minus 6 AP in the recent Hoptic? No, 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 the recent one. Um, yeah. 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 It was 
it was like 98 to 92 AP, which is ridiculous for any weapon. <laughs> yeah, isn't like what the sp the spears are higher than that, but it's a spear, right? A sound. Yeah. Pretty crazy what she can do or what she has access to. Yeah, I just find that everyone's not playing bow. Like I know bow is the more amp based one, while crossbow isn't. Um, but it's just I don't know. I guess it'd be because of. Well, yeah, it's just I guess we'll talk on the top of with crit with the nerfs of crit, right? Um, but sorry, I was just looking at G work just dying to this Kathy here. Yeah, I know it's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> uh, hit there he goes. Yeah, but anyways, with crit, like, do you think the changes were enough to crit? Do you think um auto attack is just as dominant? We as we've been talking about, we have all the shirking characters being super dominant right now yeah i it is hard to say because i haven't personally gone into the replays for the new crossman Dean stuff and i haven't really seen so many clips but i know that previously or i mean we all we've all seen old clips of crossman Dean when she's strong right she walks yep. up to you autos you like four times and you die if she has ult up and she has some decent farm and that was in season six and i think in season seven the fact that her stats and her performance looked exactly the same at the start of season six, like it's, it's a funny joke where season seven and season season six, the meta looks completely the same. It's just crossbone Dean at the very top, and then a smattering of like random amp characters that we know are overtuned, yeah. like um the here Celine and I yeah and a DNS still yeah like scattering the bottom yeah. or littering throughout. Although, I'm looking at the top stats now, and it looks like a lot of the Nadines, they get pushed out since the initial push, which again, mirrors Season 6, because in Season 6, after they kind of slapped Nadine really hard, all of her play rate went into the gutter, and now we just have a few here and there, but... Yeah, yeah. it's hard to say if... It's really hard to judge Nadine's power level, because it feels like she's a character that people use to climb, and then once they don't feel like climbing, they go back to their old mains, and then her performance drops. But it's hard to say if that performance is actually because she's weaker, or because those people that were performing well in her just aren't playing her anymore. Yeah, I'm for sure. And yeah, just trying to move on quickly. We still we have so many slides to cover, and we're still oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're at Aiden quickly. Um, yeah, honestly, I just looked through the patch notes briefly and I saw Aiden got a bunch of buffs. Even though like Aiden wasn't an AF character before preseason, like all his AP stuff got buffed, but yes, you could argue like, oh, they've changed how AMP works. So obviously like you'd be impacted even if he doesn't build AMP. But I don't know, just Aiden's rised up in popularity this season. I know he was like kind of or like pretty popular in KR last season. Until he got like a bunch of nerfs back to back and people stopped playing him. Um, but yeah, I haven't, didn't really see too much about Aiden being changed other than he had some post cast. Oh, yeah, with Nadine, I also did want to mention the post cast delay change. That was huge. Um, oh, yeah. If you haven't played Nadine at all, her W and her E feel super like smooth. Like, yeah, you, you can place her W almost instantly now. Like, it's kind of insane. <laughs> Oh yeah, Aiden got his E postcast change, but I don't know exactly how it feels. But yeah, well, yeah any I... thoughts to add about Aiden? Yeah, I think Aiden also kind of follows the same trend as Kathy 
and um like all the other kind of thick feeling melee characters like Dylan and um Luke and all of them is that when her play rate's high or when his play rate's high it just means that he's probably a bit stronger than he should be just because it's a character that I guess should be high skills floor but if this many people are playing him to a large degree of success then he might be getting too much success at a lower execution threshold yeah but for sure. I think I think the reason why he's strong is because he feels better to play which yeah. It's easier to nerf, I guess, because then you just make his numbers a little worse instead of making him feel worse and worse, which is what the issue was in preseason, from what I heard. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, let's move on to our next topic, which will be our highest win rate characters. So let's. So we actually, or what I've actually done is there's the highest win rate, which they're like actually. Um, but I've also done a normalized version, but we'll look at the high actually version. What I mean by the actuals, some characters have like a less than 1%, um, like 1% pick rate. And so they can be influenced the stats by a lot, especially if we're only looking at like top 300. Um, so yeah, let's look at that. So first off, we have Shukai, um, followed by Celine, then Spear Fiora. 11 and then Leon. So yeah, Shukai was one of those characters that was impacted with the amp changes as well. And um but yeah, he's also gotten a lot of buffs since then um just because of like the hotfix they did during preseason and yeah, I'm just what are your thoughts on Shukai right now? Yeah, Shukai is a character I mean, I personally don't like Shukai. I, I'm personally of the opinion that his macro, like, I know a lot of people say his main difficulty is the cooking stuff, but I think that difficulty has really eroded into almost nothingness since his stacking change with the movement where, where he um, now needs to stack to a cap instead of permanently. So whenever he's strong, it feels kind of interesting because it to me it feels like more people should be succeeding on him but he's so unpopular that it's not like many people play him <laughs> to yeah. begin with yeah for sure and just also with dagger the newest thing actually with dagger is they added a transition weapon for it there's now eclipse for the amp character so i think got a trombit knife <laughs> yeah and like spear was spear shikai was all popular like the last bunch of seasons and I think this is the first time the daggers passed Spear since season one. Maybe it was season two that the dagger got a big change. Um, and I think it's just solely because of this transition weapon since Spear doesn't have an amp transition weapon, I believe. Like, um, it's just Lance Poseidon and Fengtian Huaji. So I'm assuming it's just because of this new transition weapon. Yeah, and I think they also gave dagger shokai a lot obviously there was a rework the amp rework recently but i remember that during season six they gave dagger shokai like a lot of compensation i'm pretty sure it translated into the spell amp rework so they might have overtuned it to the point where dagger shokai is just really high and then combined obviously with the karamba weapon and then the mastery just makes his damage very 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 high 
And while it doesn't scale his ultimate stacks at all anymore, it just means my minion's damage is damage. <laughs> can't avoid that when he presses R. Yeah, I'm just... I also think maybe Shukai's better now because of less HP across the pool, so it's easier for him to pull off his combo to kill someone, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, even if he himself doesn't do maybe as much damage as last season, although he seems to be doing fine. <laughs> Um, just based off the people who have been playing him. Yeah. Now let's. Scary man. Yeah, let's look at Celine now. Okay, Celine is gonna come up a lot in these slides. Um, what a surprise! It's Celine. Um, Celine is just just so strong. Like, especially again, this is these are KR stats just because there are, there are no NA stats. It's just every stat, right? So at that low ping, like Celine is incredible, and they even did a nerf her. I I remember in last, um, like the major patch, but of course it's not been enough as she's still rocking the leaderboard. I believe there's actually two Celines in top ten KR right now. So, um, I I just haven't seen a lot of Celine in NA. Um, Minhine has been. In Korea, from if I remember correctly, and that's our Celine player, so I haven't really seen much Celine in NA. And yeah, what are your thoughts on Celine? Yeah, she's a character with a super high skill floor and even higher skill ceiling. And it, I was under the, I guess now you could call it kind of like a conspiracy theory that the reason why Celine did so well in Korea is because a lot of the people that she ran into. Or like you would run into on ladder, like don't care to learn how to play against her. But the ping, ping is so big on that character, and I think it it's even more important now that they've added force delays to almost every button she has. So, yeah. like you said, Minhai is not in NA right now, and he was our main ceiling player. So who knows how strong she is with ping? But I definitely think she she was one of the most pinged out characters and i think she now is even more so like even more of a pinged out character than she was so it's gonna be pretty sad but i think she might be a character that's really good to being korea only for extreme success yeah yeah um, like if someone is such a or like a character with such a high skill ceiling it's unfortunate that we won't be able to see their full potential here on na um but yeah, maybe yeah. it's for the better, though, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, maybe I don't want to see which of Celine's going around um, in the name. Just playing solitaire on your face, yeah. See yeah. why it would be unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, now we have Spear Fiora. Now, Fiora actually is not a popular character right now. We'll be I'm foreshadowing a little bit into our least picked characters, and Fiora is down there, so... Um, very interesting to see the I guess like the couple of people playing Fiora right now doing so well. Um, Fiora, I, I heard is like one of the characters pretty badly hurt with the amp changes. Uh, we're looking at Rapier Fiora right now on stream. Um, but like Spear Fiora, I believe could play amp as well as crit. So I think I don't know which version was more popular. I think the crit version was more popular um, near the. Like right now and like near the end of last season um but yeah not uh, other than like again amp changes with fiora i don't remember exactly what has been changed with fiora um do you 
Like, do you remember anything with Fiora? Uh, nothing specific. I just know that she got mostly tune-ups during the preseason. I don't know how they compensated her, though. But, yeah, I think... I personally assumed that Amphiora should be relatively the same power level. I thought it was mostly the crafting changes that made her feel quote-unquote worse, because with preseason, with this last patch, obviously, they've completely killed factory builds, and I think Fiora's main way of playing, like, the most generic way to play Fiora was through item factories, and so it makes me wonder if the people that are playing Fiora now have already adapted to just playing more aggressively, and that she's low pick rate because most of her players would just like AFK and dock and make 15 swords normally. Amp yeah. didn't have to, but obviously crit would. I, I just think it's ironic because I'm thinking back to season one Fiora where she was the early game bully, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she, you'd want to run away from Fiora on site in the early game. And you're just saying, oh, she just AFK until late game. Yeah, I just, those are the days, I guess. Yeah, we might be returning back to those days where she bullies you early with the case of. Uh, if it's crit, I'd be surprised if it was amp spirit. Then yeah, it's just a different flavor of Fiora bullying you. Yeah. Oh, I guess the thing with amp that did get changed was Genti and Silver Gun got buffed. But my understanding is, its stats compared to eighteen foot spear are like minimally for like a Mithril item. And I've seen a lot of people complain about that. As yeah. you did mention with like transition item stats, some of them being better than others. Yeah, I'll be honest, I think that comparison is kind of, I think people that are complaining about that are being really silly. Obviously, there are way better transition items, but my opinion is that all those should be being nerfed. Like the Gentian, they're complaining about a weapon upgrade that's 20 AP and like another movement item worth of stats. I think that should be the minimum or like that should be the maximum for transition items. Again, we could, we could talk about death room. We don't, we don't want every transition weapon to be death room quality, right? I feel like Gentian and AK Foot Spear is a much healthier um I guess like power difference because twenty AP is that's a lot of AP. That's yeah. like that's two that's what auto arms. Yeah. I, I don't know why the suggestion is to make more transition weapons stronger. Like all that means is that your character is forced to make that transition weapon. And then if your character can't win without it, then no one will be forced to buff you early game so you can't compete for it. Maybe that's just a long con actually that I think about it. Maybe it's the entire reason why they're complaining is because they want their character to be buffed early game and late game. And yeah. I mean doesn't everyone it, want their character buffed just in general? Yeah, that's true. It just it's just silly to see people say you should buff my transition weapon because it's so weak and then that the transition weapon is just totally fine. I don't know. It, it's just silly to me. That people complain about that sort of thing. I guess I guess the counterpoint is that um the Spear of Longinus, the and Blazing Lands are supposedly better upgrades. But I mean Spear of Longinus is a VF weapon. Like you have to yeah. you have to consider the rarity of the transition item. Yeah, for sure. Like Spear of Longinus is obviously like just gonna be way better in general, but I don't know if Blazing Lance is actually that much better than Gentian, but I could be wrong. I'm not a Fiora player, so... <laughs> yeah, and yeah, let's move on to 11. 11, um, again, just another great character, but I think the main thing that I hear people talk about 11 is the attack speed change they did, where you have to have a minimum amount of attack speed, which 
people have been saying that 11's base attack speed is actually lower than that, um, that, that limited or like minimal attack speed, and 11 in the late game doesn't really build attack speed items, so she just gets a buff to her damage overall because she'll get this minimum attack speed applied to her. Um, but that's all, and other than crit being nerfed, that's all I've really heard about 11. I guess the thing was, oh yeah, the weight of the world did get changed. Um, to no longer be like an amp with focused impact, I believe. That that one was right, right? They changed that to yeah. just being a critical chance weapon now. So, no more, I guess, amp 11 in that sense. They'd have to go um, to Fang Mace. Yeah, they're like Fang Mace only nowadays. Or, um... Well, Evening Star. Oh, yeah, Evening Star. Which would be the other upgrade. Um, yeah. But other than that, I haven't. Have you seen any 11s at all this season? In, um, I guess just in general or in NA. I've seen a few 11s running around in in houses, kind of being a terror. Um, but it seems just like very normal 11 behavior. Also, the thing with the base attack speed, I think once 11 has weapon mastery, it doesn't affect her, because. I believe, I do hammers have attack speed scaling? I think they do, right? Uh, that's a great question. I almost want to say they do, but I'd be very surprised if 11s in general didn't run at least radar myth shield at the end, which should be enough to put them over the minimum. So, I don't know. All I know is that 11, her gameplay, is, her crit gameplay has always been very much the same, where she just walks at you, and then she'll try and like RWU and get all the damage out. So... I think she can still do that, so she seems fine. And I haven't really seen much to contradict that. And I guess the, the win rate does kind of correlate with that, where she gets her items, she just becomes a force of nature. Yeah, um, and now let's talk about her man, Leon. He just got buffs across the board to, like, everything. Um, I believe he <laughs> actually got a hotfix nerf. Maybe I'm misremembering that, but he was... Yeah, you can see he's quite strong right now. Um, just at least win rate rise, and yeah, just the buffs to uh, all his scalings, including amp, all like his passive, all the stats just got buffed in general. So, anything you'd like to add about Leon? Uh, probably nothing. It's it was kind of inevitable, inevitable at this point, right? We all saw him getting buffed like three times per patch, so it. It's no surprise that he's going to be strong <laughs> at this point. Yeah, I always just say Leon is like... The Leon and Yawn players always like mix or go between each other. Um, yeah. Whoever's so, stronger, they just swap. <laughs> yeah, so I guess they're all on Leon. And eventually, once they nerf Leon, they go back to Yawn. <laughs> yeah, or then Dylan, or then Nikki, whoever's stronger. Yeah, just all the golf characters. Maybe it's a hot take, but all of them, maybe except Nikki, like play the exact same. I, <laughs> yeah, just, you could just use I the same build on all of them, <laughs> and you'll be yeah. fine. Pretty unfortunate, but it's what it is. Yeah, and now let's look at um some of the the normalized stats. So the normalizers they have to have at least a one percent pick rate to be considered. So, uh, yeah, we can see here we still have Celine. So yeah, Celine has at least one percent, and then Adina Etchion. I forgot to put the weapon symbol beside Jackie for this one image, but it's Axe, just by the way. And then we have Felix. We already talked about Celine, so we're not going to talk about her again, but we have Adina, 
Um, on a, I heard Adina was actually fine during preseason, like even with most of the amp characters being nerfed, I heard that she was actually quite fine. And yeah, as you can see, the Adina's doing fine as well. Um, and ranked too. Just, and I think it's also with Red Sprite being really good as well. That just helps Adina. Yeah, I think Adina's kind of a character that benefits because no one knows what she does, so they'll just lose to her because they get spammed out. <laughs> As I personally take on it, at least, but I'm not surprised she's strong because they gave her very, very good buffs. And she does feel a bit worse to play, but feeling worse to play doesn't matter when people aren't playing correctly into you, so. Yeah. She's just rolling over lobbies. Actually, now I think I remember, I think her, wasn't her CDR also, like, or not CDR, just her cooldowns reduced oh, yeah. across the board as well. I yeah. think that's definitely will help as yeah. well. She got some unnecessary buffs in exchange for an unnecessary um, nerf, in my opinion. And she's just very good, almost no matter what you do with her now. Yeah. And then we'll move on to her, to Echion. Honestly... I, uh, Echion, I think, has needed a nerf for a while now. Just, I know we're not talking about like nerfs or buffs, just he's doing well in KR right now. Um, they, the only thing with him is they removed cellular damage from the game, so all his spells are now skill damage, but that hasn't really changed much about him at all. Um, people are still doing Black Mamba on him as well. They're not doing any of the other weapons, so. Yeah, it's. I think the thing with Echion is they they had the entire statement, right? Where they're like, if you want to deal damage with your spells, you're going to have to build damage. And if you're going to want to be tanky, you're going to have to build tanky, also do no damage. But they completely forgot that Echion existed. Yeah. They didn't adjust any of his... His old damage was completely untouched. And so it's still ridiculously high, and it was never affected by skill amps to begin with, right? So they let Echion continue to build super tanky and still do... I think the base damage is like, at max level, he does 600 base damage, and it's echoed with Black Mamba, so it's 1,200 base damage with R alone. And then to even go off that, they, he still has um, well the, the purple weapon, which is a crit weapon. So he can also go crit if he wanted to. So he has like so many options and his base spell damage wasn't touched, even though Nimble Neuron explicitly said, hey, we're going to nerf this. We can't do this anymore. But he's the sole character who dodged that philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. I I wonder if they'll... We'll talk about more like what we think will be changed later, but I'm hoping Enchan's one of those characters, to be honest. He's just... <laughs> Not fun to play against. Yeah, definitely. And then we have Axe Jackie here. Um, I think I find it ironic about Axe Jackie is they actually gave her a buff during the preseason because all the other Jackies were doing better than her. Um, but what do you know? It's just Axe Jackie's just back on top like she was last season. <laughs> the thing with Jackie, though, is like, I remember people were playing Spell Amp Jackie, right? With the. The changes to her ratios being well, including her like true damage bleed being scaled or yeah, scaled by skill amp. And yeah, I think that was not a good idea, and they just kind of nerfed her immediately. 
Yeah, and actually back to being axe crit auto attacker, so yeah, full circle. Exactly. Um. Yeah, I feel like there's not much to say with Jackie. She's a character that kind of has to be default, very playable, or else I guess the world's ending or something. So no surprise that she's doing well. I feel like Axe Jackie kind of falls into the same thing that Adina does, where people don't really they're either not playing well against her or they don't know how to counter the character so she just will do well in korea because they just like spam so many games that they just kind of ram their i guess their preferred play style through until it works or doesn't work yeah and i think last but not least for our win rates would be felix um felix uh again we this is why i don't we talked about the spear fewer. It's why you probably shouldn't touch Gentian or I don't know, maybe even maybe nerf eighteen foot spear, I don't know. But Felix is just so dominant right now. Um, just another crit character and yeah, just even facing him, it just feels like he does so much damage to like what to me when I play against him. So um yeah. They've been slowly buffing yeah. Felix over time and he's almost if he's not back to his based CD, because, you know, Felix, all his spells share the same cooldown, um, I be it might be just, like, one second longer than it used to be, but they've been slowly buffing him during, pre or during Season 6, and then, of course, during, like, pre the preseason as well. Um, and, yeah, now he's kind of come back into meta again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely the Leon effect, where he got buffed, like you said, slowly during Season 6, so... No surprise that he's strong. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just an, another character I think that might see some nerfs. Yeah, what's our next topic is, let's see, oh, it's uh, average kills we're going to cover next. So we're, the average kills, we're going to our high actual stats. We have... Spear Fiora, Leon, Dagger Shukai, Sasella, and Daniel. So we talked about most of these characters um, already. I'll just throw in with Throw that it's more. I believe it's actually more critical, like critical strike, than it is amp for Throw, Sasella, and it's. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Throw Sasella lately, at least with crit, and it seems like really good. To um to me, even after the nerfs to crit. Yeah, yeah. Solo was doing well randomly for like a two-week period last season, and it wasn't nerfed at all. But I don't know why it never got popular. But I do remember that it had its phase and it wasn't touched, so outside of the general crit nerf, as you mentioned, it's probably still not bad. Still not that surprised. <laughs> yeah. And then we have our man, Daniel, as we can see on stream now daniel is just honestly kind of doing the same thing as before his same build you can even see this guy's i think this is the same build they used last season too um just being an assassin character character also i'd say benefiting from the lower hp pool in general being his kit wanting to of course like do his combo to just kill someone in one go um like we will probably see this Korea here in a second get hit with this um but yeah just 
nothing really changed much with Daniel other than he doesn't even build crits, so nothing I'd say really changed with Daniel unless you remember something that got changed with them. Um, they gave his ult some amp scaling in exchange for the cellular damage he removes, but besides that, it's like you said, it's just very much so the same thing. Same yeah. story. <laughs> yeah. And now just for our normalized stats, we have Daniel again. Daniel's always kind of been popular in Cairn, Etchion, Adina, Felix, and Slain. So yeah, we've we've talked about all these characters already. There's makes sense why they're all up here. They're all able to just they can win well they probably because they also get a lot of kills right it's just kind of they correlate to each other and yeah that's why they're kind of all up here <laughs> yeah pretty much they've done a good job of nerfing routing builds so that if you if you win a lot that means you probably kill a lot <laughs> yeah and there's just of course there's like a few exceptions like nadine i'd say still kind of doesn't really kill much but generally wins a lot um, yeah, but yeah, most characters it is affected by um, how many kills you get, right? So our last high stats we'll be looking at now will be um, average rank. So we have our our actual average ranks. So we have Dagger Shukai, Spear Fiora, Bo Nadine, Celine, and Alex. I believe actually. Um, Dagger Jackie was tied for Celine and Alex, but I just didn't have enough slots on the, the board to show her so yeah yeah <laughs> um i'll just i guess we'll just briefly mention like bony dean because we've already talked about cross bony dean at this point um it's just i find it interesting that bony dean has better average rank than crossbow right because crossbow has crossbow skill and is able to kind of like get away from people at least in my eyes so i find it a little bit ironic that bow is a better rat than crossbow, but maybe it's just because both taking less fights and farming animals more. Yeah, I'd probably assume that too. Because I feel like with crossbow, you're encouraged to run at people since you're strong at almost all points of the game. But bow, you're definitely waiting to scale until late game, and then maybe like you just die at seventh place when it's full final zone or something. Yeah, and then Alex, because it's the only character we haven't really made point of here. Alex is. I mean, Alex has always been really good at getting a high rank. Um, he's often one of the, I guess one of the nerfs to him would be the weapon factory because for Alex, you're often building multiple weapons because you need them, right? It's like part of your kit to switch between weapons, but this nerf, I believe it impacts him, right? I don't think they did anything specific for Alex. Um, and yeah, just his kit in general allows, he has so many tools to get away from you that it allows you to place high in general as well so i think he's just not putting himself in dangerous situations because he's crafting weapons and also just having a great kit to escape from people i know they've been nerfing his kit a lot to prevent uh him from like ratting as much but uh, obviously it's not working because he's still uh one of the the best rats it seems so and anything yeah, Alex with... is interesting. <laughs> yeah. you can much that at all so nothing much to add. Even when he's bad, he's good at riding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, our our normalized stats, we have Celine here again. Alex, Axe, Jackie, Emma, and Crossbow Nadine. So Bony didn't have a 1% pick rate, that's why she's not on here. But Crossbow actually did, but it's still one of the highest average ranks. 
Um, only the character we haven't mentioned here would be Emma. Uh, Emma, I, I don't know. I've always find Emma's another character that's good at like just winning in general, but also just yes, like getting a good rank. She has a lot of tools to get disengage as well. Um, between having two charges on her ultimate and just like Caltrops having a, a pretty good slow on it. It's like 60% slow, I believe. So just a lot of tools to disengage. But yeah, I'll see. Um, I know this is not technically with Emma right now, but they will be adding Arcane to Emma next patch. Um, I think they've teased it on Twitter. So it'll be interesting to see how Arcane Emma does. Yeah, she gets a lot of... Obviously, she has Death Rune right now, but Arcana would give her access to, like, the Moon and Empress, which are also both very, very good. So we'll see what happens to her. <laughs> It'll be interesting, for sure. Yeah. And then now we're actually going to move on to our lowest stats. So we have low pick rate. Um, this is Solo's. This is all we're having today. And, of course, we have... Johan, what a surprise. He's here. Um, Priya, Marcus, Barbara, and Rio. Um, yeah, not too much for me to add about Johan. If you guys don't know about Johan, is that he's like a sport character. So in solos, he doesn't have the damage to keep up with the majority of the cast, um, if not all the cast. <laughs> so he's not played in solos at all makes sense right it's just you're gonna see him in duos and squads where he's actually um quite good and then we have priya uh, unless you have anything to add about johan no nothing just yeah he's the he's the team's chemo character <laughs> yeah and then we have um priya priya is actually a character i wanted to talk about um who, uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, Priya actually got like a huge buff during preseason, and she was actually like a dominant for her. So they ended up nerfing her in one of the hot fixes. Um, yeah, and I think they may have even actually no, I think they nerfed her in the the major patch, and yeah, she just kind of dropped in play rates incredibly. But I heard in care she was like a menace in. Um, during the preseason, did you see like Priya at all during preseason or, um, even I guess now? <laughs> yeah, I've seen her do some pretty monstrous stuff, but I didn't see her necessarily super dominate that often. But I do know that people don't like being bit at by a mosquito that actually stabs you, <laughs> which is what Priya was probably doing, and they had to make some pretty justifiable nerfs to her i believe it was her q and priya kind of locks into this character where i think she could be such a skillful character but the way the Munan has buffed her it's kind of made her very toxic because they could have buffed her e. they actually have barely buffed her e her e hitbox is still wrong like visually incorrect oh it really do... yeah it's been incorrect since her launch and they have never <laughs> fixed it um, but instead of buffing her hard harbor kit, you know, the E where it requires, you know, like pizza slices, MMOR, PG mechanics, they've kept buffing her Q and W, which are her like free casting, pretty fair hitboxes, very easy to land abilities. So I think if they 
just buffed her E more, she could be fair and she might still be a good pick rate because you could feel like this like six MRPG boss while you're playing. But since they keep it they keep committing to buffing her Q and W, she's just very not fun to play against or really just play as if those two spells aren't good. So I'm not yeah. too surprised she's fallen off a cliff pick rate rise with that. Yeah, it's just I'm thinking she's just falling off because of the, the nerves, but also during preseason she was definitely a red sprite spammer as well. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> um just a lot of damage from red sprite, but not enough because she got literally like hit with a hammer. I don't know, the pretty much like the nerf hammer. Um yeah. they were uh, sick of her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there, there we go. There's, there's the Priya we just passed. The uh, Kyo, yeah, yeah actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh. yeah, now we have Marcus. Um, yeah, Marcus is... I don't know why they differentiate between no pick rate and 0% pick rate, but that's what mm -hmm. Dak did when I was doing my research for these, um, like, these overlays. And, yeah, Marcus, I... You know, he got a pretty big buff during the l last patch. To now, he has like what, like a seven second ECD? Um, and just it, he generally stacks like a bit of CDR as well. So I think it's going to be close to like five seconds, right? Which is kind of insane for your dash ability. Um, but a little bit surprised that no one's really playing him in high elo right now in KR. Um, be interested to see if. They do something about it, or they're just gonna hold off on Marcus. Yeah, I think Marcus. I mean, like you said with the club characters, he kind of runs into that kind of like very ratty playstyle for the most part, raising like a melee bruiser. So, to me, there's not very much reason to play Marcus if characters like Leon are strong, because I think I've seen a lot of Marcus's loot to you know Crossman Adine or Air Isil or like very right clicking characters. But I'm yeah. sure Leon one-shots them. So why would you play the person who could lose to one-shotters or to right-clickers when you have the alternative right there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then Barbara. I think Barbara's an interesting character to talk about because of the amp changes. Um, I've heard that she was hit quite hard with the changes originally. Um, but I haven't heard too much about Barbara. No, she's she's always been an unpopular character in KR. This is not new. She's always been like quite low, but normally um her other stats are like either like above average or just like average, which is why we haven't really seen Barbara um until now for the slow pick rate. But she's still doing amp drone from what I've seen. Uh and yeah. I don't know. Have you seen any like Barbara's lately to like really add on to this? <laughs> Uh, not really. I know Arx and Genix complained that she didn't do damage, and I think they might have given her a bit more, but it's hard to say. So I think it's just again, I, I guess her like may her Korean main isn't playing her because she feels not great to play. So her stats fall as a result. Yeah, that's completely fair. But yeah, the only other character I find interesting here is Rio. I'm surprised Rio is not being picked more, considering from my understanding of Rio, is that her, um, like it's people are playing her in short bow right now. That's what I've heard. I haven't seen it really for my myself, but I've heard short bow is at least viable. I don't know if it's the meta for her. I don't care. Last season was playing her in short bow actually, um, but I'm just surprised that. She's not really picked here. The big change with her is that she doesn't have 
amp scaling on her passive anymore. Um, they were just removed that completely and just crit did a slight nerf as well. Even though she doesn't do um, critical strikes, it's like obviously like her kit is around like revolves around critical strikes. So um, that might have slightly impacted her. Um, I'm yeah. Just... I think the thing with her is that she um there's not really a reason to play her since she's just a weaker crossbow Nadine. Do you think so? I... A weaker crossbow? I mean... Yeah. Because if you match effect, because I don't think um with the removal of Mythical Quiver... Oh yeah, that's a big so... change for her too. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's just hard. I think Rio requires more care to play like early on than Nadine does. Like Nadine, when she plays crossbow, she's pretty strong no matter what phase of the game. But Rio, she does require some scaling for the most part, unless you're just a really, really good matchup for her. So yeah, to me, that's kind of what the issue is for Nadine specifically, or for, for Rio specifically, is that when everyone's trying to climb, there's no reason to play Rio because she's just a less efficient climber. Yeah, um, like, my understanding of, like, Rio, at least last season, was, like, she played for Wick, and if you didn't get Wick, it was just kind of, you fell off. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, I'm just, I don't know, considering how many skins they do for Rio, I'm assuming they make so many skins because she's popular, and her not being popular is just very surprising, but I guess with them, I forgot about the Meth Quiver change, but that makes complete sense, um. Yeah, don't worry. Give it like two patches. She'll be back in the meta before you know it. Yeah, I'm sure they'll they'll probably rebuff her <laughs> to be meta, and people will um, complain once again. Yes, we need. If if someone's not complaining about Rio, then it's not a total return. Let's be honest. Yeah, and then the actual last thing with with um, pick rate is actually going to be um, the actual stats. Um, I just skipped weapons that had a higher whip pick rate. Um, this is mainly Fioro. We did kind of touch base with Fioro before, but this is uh, 2H and Rapier being lower. Um, we've kind of talked about Spear Fioro a bit. Uh, but not the throw, or not throw, <laughs> throw Fioro. It'd be interesting. Uh, Two-handed <laughs> Sword Fioro and Rapier. Interesting that Two-handed Sword isn't played as much because like Rapier would be impacted, obviously, with the amp changes. But 2H was more of crit, but crit did get nerfed. And just, I guess people have been playing Fiora in general because Sphere Fiora stats weren't looking too hot either. I believe it was a 0.2% a pick rate. So she's definitely not popular right now. Yeah, I we'll see if Fiora looks better when people start picking her up because I definitely think it was out of factory stuff again that um, is making her look bad. I think people are just really used to playing a really specific direction, and now that they've lost that, they don't feel like... I I, I guess this is something I should have mentioned earlier, but I feel like innovation in Korea is at an all-time low because of the Immortal Challenge that they had going on for like Korean Won, so no one's going to innovate before the challenge is over because... Yeah, it is over, actually. Oh, okay. It's been over yeah, for a few days. I heard that oh, Satin okay. won. Yeah. I believe he's just number one right now as well. So <laughs> and let's now go back to our low win rate. So we'll first do 
Um, oh. or actual stats. So, actual stats. These are characters that don't have any win rate. So we have our Rosa here, D Spear Shukai, Barbara, Carla, and Nathapon. Iron. I find it funny that Nathapon's on this list, to be honest. But, um, yeah, yeah I got it. Him. <laughs> but you think so? Like they nerfed. Oh, they did nerf Nathapon quite a bit during the. Yeah. A hot fix, but I didn't think it'd be like. I guess he just wasn't unpopular in general, though. Yeah, I guess like the the guy who played Night Spawn to begin with was a Selene player, so yeah, he probably didn't have a reason to play him. Yeah, at yeah, all. Why, yeah. Why would you play Nathan like play Selene right now? You know. Yeah, exactly. I know he plays it for fun, but I guess the for fun wasn't there this time around. Yeah, and then just throw to here. Obviously, not being winning because everyone's on. Um, Shuriken right now, and then same with Spear Shukai. Everyone's on Dagger. Talked about Barbara as well. Just Barbara's just not popular, and the person that does well in Barbara's not really playing based off these stats anyway. And yeah, other than Carla being up here, uh, I know they changed. They've changed Carla a few times because of how strong she was last season, and. Yeah, I'm just I guess with the the amp changes she never popped back up. That would be my guess. Um have you seen Carla much at all? Not really. I think the only time I've seen Carla do well is when she's playing against the melee that struggles to deal with her to begin with. And even then I think the Carla lost, so it goes to show that Carla's probably not in the best spot. <laughs> yeah, um, it's just a character that was strong and just amp being changed and yeah, she didn't get the buffs or yeah, compensation changes that she needed. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah, let's look at our normalized stats where they have to have at least a one percent pick rate, which we have Nikki or uh, being the the worst, <laughs> um, with win rate followed by Elena, then Shoichi, Hatha, Hyunwoo, and Chloe. Now Nikki is again as we've kind of emphasized a lot during this podcast that Nikki is an amp character right so amp got a big rework and I guess people have not found what's good with Nikki right now I've talked to Benson briefly who's our main Nikki player from I believe and he was saying that Nikki's actually quite good if you get her transition items but I think that's the same thing with all amp characters in general like once you get Persona, which is the newest amp headpiece they've added, um, once you get Permafrost and Kandala, which can, getting Kandala is hard in and of itself in like a rank setting, then you're actually able to do well. But the thing is, is like there's you have to get so much amped in order to do well, and the getting those resources is quite hard. So it makes sense that I guess her win rate would not be that good. As a result of needing too many rare resources. Yeah, and I guess something funny about all these all five of these characters is that I don't think they're necessarily bad characters whatsoever. I think it's just because of the meta. They probably do not poorly, they just can't really secure the game because of the better characters that exist on the market at the moment for confirming a win. Yeah, like Elena, I was hearing a lot about preseason how Elena was like super broken, but they didn't really like touch Elena during the last patch. So 
I'm kind of surprised that her win rate isn't reflecting all the the talk of Elena during preseason, you know? So, very interesting. I guess it kind of goes to show that even if people think that the characters like Super Broken is, doesn't reflect that in stats, but again, maybe it's just we don't have the right Elena players playing, right? Like, I don't know. Have you seen like the talk about Elena being super? Or like, did you hear anything about Elena being super strong? Oh yeah, I've been on the receiving end of that multiple times. She it it's definitely another thing. Again, it it's kind of like the age old story with amp characters needing transitions, and maybe in Korea, Elena's and Nikki's and Shoichi's kind of and Pumpkin will obviously struggle to get the amp transition items they need to one tap people, and yeah, I I that's what I assume is happening with Elena. I feel like. It might also be a question of whether or not the Korean Elenas are itemizing properly because, again, innovation is usually not on the front of the mind for Koreans. And I honestly don't even know how often they look at other regions to see how we're doing. And honestly, if we're being honest, they couldn't even see what EU and NA were doing because we didn't play ranked games or normal games. They're all in-houses and God knows no one's going to look at in-house streams to figure out what people are doing. Yeah. Right? So, we'll just see. Maybe Elena's power level will go back up to where most of the community expected to be after a while, but she is definitely doing much worse than I also expected just because of how strong her freeze combo was these days. Yeah, and then now we have Shoichi, who is also impacted with the, like the Eclipse being added as well, and I know he got a, a few nerfs because of it. Like At least I assume it's because of it. Um, yeah, I was just kind of surprised to see him this low, but I just wonder if, because of the decent pick rate, that's like a couple of people are actually doing well and everyone's not doing as well, but I don't know. Like, Shuichi's always been like super popular in Korea, just especially because he's so ping related. So it, it could just be that there's just so many people playing him that his win rate's not that good. Yeah, I can see that. That seems to be pretty normal with Sushi after all. This seems very, like, this win rate percentage seems very on par for what he usually has. Yeah. And then we have Tanfa Hyunwoo, which, again, you kind of mentioned with Nikki, just another amp character um, who needs, like, amp transition items. Uh, with Tanfa, you need, like, Jiddy, isn't it? Jide, um, which is a four score, so it's even harder than. Like what with Nikki, who'd only need a tree for her, her transition item, and if you want all the amp transition items, it's gonna take a lot of rare resources to get compared to like a lot of the auto attack characters who only need like one or two transition items to be fine. Yeah. The last actually, I find, kind of find interesting here is Chloe. Like I thought Chloe would be like really good because of the change to Suter Sauna. If you guys don't know, Sudarsana got changed to be um, an auto attack transition, which now has a vigor on it, which is the same as what Wonderful Tonight, which is like Heart's main Qatar transition, and um, was it Juggernaut? Or yeah, I think it, yeah, it's Juggernaut, which is um, Estelle's main weapon, and also I think some Marcuses use it as well. Um, yeah, so I kind of find it interesting that her win rate isn't quite high to reflect this, because 
what I've seen of her, at least, in, I've only really seen her in Cobalt. Um, seem, she seems to be like quite strong once you actually have the suitor sauna, but maybe people are struggling to get it. I don't know. Have you seen much with Poe? Honestly, not really. I think if I had to guess, I would assume that she's just being outpaced by stronger auto attackers that are contesting the items. Because, yeah, like you said, with Sudarsana becoming the bigger item, you'd expect her to do much better, but there's always a chance that she just has people competing with her that are ever so slightly stronger, and therefore her stats just kind of fall over. And as a result, I always think of Dylan in these situations because back in Season 5, um, Dylan was quote-unquote bad, but it was Jackie being super good that made her quote-unquote bad, and the moment Jackie was nerfed, Dylan just kind of ran everyone over. So it's very likely that with a lot of these characters, something similar is happening, where they're just being suppressed by one popular counter, like one popular pick, and once that pick is gone, everything's over. <laughs> yeah, um, and... Next, we are going to look at average kills. So, we have, you can see, we have Ava, actually, which are looking at on stream right now, um, with the lowest average kills, followed by Throw, Sahir, Draper, Fiora, Glove, Hyunwoo, and Air Aya. Now, my understanding of Ava is actually she's quite strong. That's what people have been telling me. Um, but, I mean, there's... I don't know, the skill, what do you think of, like, the skill ceiling for Ava? Like, um, I don't know, do you, do you think it's just people not having, like, proper spacing, or it's, like, easier to get on top of her now, or, um... Yeah, I personally think that it's just easy. I think with the damage being so high, the way Ava usually, the way she performs is that she engages you off-screen, right? So you have to be, like, she has to fight you off-screen no matter what. Yeah. And then... Assuming she's just not... Obviously, transition items are a thing, so if it comes down to it, if she has too many, it doesn't matter what happens because the game is balanced around transition items. If yeah. you have enough, then she might just win outright. But if, assuming you guys are on even ground, if she doesn't fight you, like, if you see her before she sees you, for a lot of the characters in this game, that means you one-shot her. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not the best, obviously. Like, we just saw this gameplay of this Ava. I think she's been alley for, like, the past five minutes because she understands that if she leaves this area, she loses console vision, and if she loses console vision, she's just dead. And maybe she's leaving now for something else, but it's just... I feel like it has to be the awareness that's her main factor. If your awareness is poor, you're gonna get jumped, and you're gonna get killed instantly. And if your awareness is good, um, you have to play around the map very intelligently so you don't put yourself into a position where somebody finds you before you find them. Yeah, yeah so it makes sense to just kind of zone camp. Um, but yeah, I guess if you do just like zone camping, your result would be low kills because you only have so many people passing through your zone, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, I guess Glove Hyunwoo being low kills kind of surprises me, but again, it could just be because our Glove characters are <laughs> everyone's playing Leon right now. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised that it's that high. Usually it's lower than that. Ironically oh, enough. Oh, really? You think it's lower <laughs> yeah, than... Yeah, usually it's 0. 0.6, yeah. Oh, jeez. But another surprise here is our AR Ayas on the low kills. Um, AR got changed a bit, right? Like, it's now, like, 100% AP for her auto attacks instead of 110. So it's, like, before it was, like, 
35-35-40 per each shot, I believe, and now it's 30-30-40. But they did give some basic attack amplification as a buff, um, or like a compensation buff for AR. But it's interesting to see that she is not doing too well on the kill trend. My only guess would be um, just how ARI is in general is like kind of weaker in the early game until you get your weapon skill online. So she's just dying early and like once you actually get your weapon skill then maybe you're able to just kind of um, like snowball and obviously like need your rare resource as well. I also think... Now that you mentioned with Rio, she also is struggling probably with the fact that Myth Quiver is removed. So that extra attack range probably hurting those auto-attacked range characters more um, now than compared to last season. Yeah, and she also suffers from the fact that she's just the worst air ISIL. So. Yeah, that's also <laughs> all the true. Nerfs, yeah, it's pretty funny knowing that all she's gotten, thankfully in my opinion, she's gotten zero compensation buffs for these sins of air ISIL. Yeah. Which again, like, thank God, good riddance. But uh, uh, I made a, a post about AR Isol, and and the the devs just basically was like, "What happens if we read your feedback, but just do the opposite of what you said?" Yeah, pretty <laughs> funny. That was like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> very defeated sounding. Like, okay, whatever. Uh, okay, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think you, you go. What is it? You you reap what you sow, isn't it? Whatever. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah, then our normalized uh, average kills is looking like you still have ARI. People are actually playing her, so it's not that there's like one person doing bad on her. Um, Elena with low kills, Tafa Hyunwoo, Frostbow Nadine, and also Tafa Yawn. So we've talked about all the other characters, but Tafa Yawn. So Tafa Yawn was just added this, um, it was added during preseason, right? So it's interesting to see that Tafa Yawn is not doing well, but it could just be because Glove Yawn is better, right? Um, have have you tried Tafa Yawn at all? Um, uh, not really. I personally see Tafa Yawn as kind of a useless addition to the game because his kit doesn't really function with Tafa whatsoever. Actually, I take that back. I think if his passive gains stacks for reflecting with Tafa, it would be totally fine and very good but for some reason Nimble Neon forgot that they gave Chiyomu passive bonuses for reflecting with Tampa and not and forgot to add that to Yawn. Oh really? They didn't do Yeah. I know so... in Cobalt Protocol I forgot to change Tampa Yawn's um, alt CD um, so it used to be like 0% change and then they're like oh wait we gotta add 25% to it. Yeah. So, yeah it seems like they kind of didn't fully proofread I guess adding Tafayan into the game because they didn't do uh, all the changes. Yeah, it's funny because they're, they're concerned with adding um, new weapons to existing characters was that it was going to be a balance nightmare because they're going to have to like, adjust balance here and there. But then, so when they, they were like, oh yeah, like how could we avoid having to deal with balance? Oh, we should add a weapon to a character who literally has no reason to have that weapon, which would be Yawn, and then we should add a weapon to a character that could completely break that character and be a balance problem, which is Arcana on Emma, so very interesting choices for sure. I don't know why Yawn has that weapon, but I guess what surprises me is the fact that these average kills are actually really high for, I feel like, this sort of stat, like, normalization, because this means that if you pick this character, 
Like, these characters are baseline decent enough to like, get a kill, and that's plus LP for almost any character. That's true, yeah. Like, other than, yeah, Elena and Ariya, they're all above one kill per game. Um, If they have at least a 1% pick rate, of course, so... Yeah. Uh, they're not doing, I guess, that badly, even if they're not as doing well overall across the board. But that could also just mean kills are high on average across the board, too. So maybe people are getting more like 1.4, 1.5 average kills a game. Um, which is just kind of telling because of all the HP nerfs, right? So people are just dying more. Yeah, it's what, there's, it's what it's supposed to be. Average okay. kills are supposed to be very high. For sure. So, yeah. Uh, and last um, of our stats for this week will be our average rank. So, here's our average rank. is We have Carla being the, the worst for average rank at 12.5. Uh, Spear Shukai at 12. I don't know why I left the bow symbol for Sahir. <laughs> I guess I forgot to change it. Um... Dude, which one was it? I'd probably throw Sahir if I had to guess at yeah. 11.4, and then Marcus at 11, and Rio at 10.4. So, out of, we've actually already talked about all these characters. Um, just for average rank, also, I'd say it makes sense overall. Like, we have Spear Shukai, well, let's say, yeah, Spear Shukai. Sahir and Rio don't have that much mobility in their kit. I find it a little bit ironic that Marcus is down here considering we were talking earlier how Marcus was uh, a good, he has a good kit for ratting, but apparently not. Like, he's at a 11% pick rate, or not yeah. pick rate, 11% average rank, so apparently not that good. But, and even Carlos, like, it's, once her E is gone, it's hard for her to even run away to. Yeah, my assumption is just that I think all of these, a lot of these characters showed up in the low play rate as well. So my assumption is just simply they got picked once, did poorly, and then got off. And so what the direct first thing is probably where they just died. Maybe they played like two games, died early. Yeah, that's, yeah, that would probably make sense. And let's look at our normalized stats where we have uh, Rosie at 8.8. .8. Camillo at 8.7, Mickey at 8.6, and William and Bernice are both 8.5. So these are honestly like I feel like typical characters that die early. Like if I just thought of it <laughs> yeah. in general, like Rosie's always had a really um low average rank. And I'd say maybe I, I don't know. I think out of all these characters, I think Nikki wouldn't have as low, but it makes a bit more sense that she fights for a cemetery tree, so I'm assuming a lot of people are just dying there to bring down her average rank. Yeah, I think the issue with Nikki is probably the fact that um, cemetery tree is probably being contested by Dina, and I think Adina, even after her nerves, kind of just eats Nikki up for breakfast. So, unfortunate for Nikki. I'm sure that once Adina gets out of meta, her stats will look much better, but until then, she'll be struggling. Yeah. And yeah, that, that's all for our stats for today. But we will be, we have a few more things um, just to cover. Um, we've kind of talked about them throughout the cast, but I just want to mention 
on like what do you think are the the strongest items this week or i guess the last few weeks yeah so i think the easiest one i mean yeah you mentioned already death rune is just such an easy pick for being the strongest item potentially one of the strongest weapons in the game for what the cost is so in my head the two strongest weapons by far or well, i'll say three strongest three strongest weapons by far would be any of account's upgrades death rune and then empress would be my personal choice because all of those are first night acquirable and the power upgrade on them is equal to if not more than many mithril upgrades that exist which is a day two acquirable only yeah that's that's true um for for me like i i do agree with you i was also just thinking of items in general like i think Taproots is probably like the strongest shoes by far. Um, we don't know that like Taproots got a bit of a buff to its CDR. It went up by I think four percent. Um, and the big thing about Taproots being stronger is not because Taproots actually got stronger, it's but it's because Glacial Shoes got worse. Like Glacial Shoes amp scaling is incredibly bad right now. It's like twenty five plus two per level i believe so it goes up to is it two, it's either two or one maybe it's only one per level so it only goes up to i think yeah it's it yeah, goes up to horrendous <laughs> to 45 amp i believe maybe it's 55 again it's it's not good compared to to scotty which is like fixed at 80 um somewhere between 80 85 amp it's incredibly bad and actually, Iron Maidens are better than Glacial Shoes right now. So all the amp characters, if you're like, oh, why are they going Iron Maidens? It's it's because they're better than Glacial Shoes at this point yeah, in the time. Irony. Um, but Taproots, the thing is, Cabana's amp is so strong. It's at 90 amp. And again, Scotty, as mentioned, is like somewhere between 80 and 85. So you don't really want to give up your slot for Providence or Queen of Hearts but you have taproots so you can just slot that in if you're wearing crown already like you're already at the cap for 40 percent cdr yeah i guess that kind of just blends right into the weakest items you're talking about glacials being pretty unfortunate to have to build for an upgrade of boots yeah yeah glacials are just not good at all uh just just do iron maidens it's a tree meteorite like same cost at the transfer console just we need better shoes to get uh iron maidens over glacial shoes and i think another change is also really strong um is red shoes and this is because of the newest thing they added was um basic attack healing reduction in this patch so i think the stats on her are quite good so like your amp characters are going to go tap roots and your auto attackers are all gonna go red shoes now. Yeah, I, I think that was probably one of their least advisable buffs they could have made to red shoes because it was always it was already something that a lot of people would just build on the boot slot. Actually, no, I guess it's competing with Burgundy now because they've deleted fully orders from the auto attacker playbook. Yeah. So to make it compete with Burgundy, they had to give it something absurdly strong. Because even now, I think people are still choosing Burgundy over swapping Bucephalus to Red Shoes. That's that's 
that's actually crazy to me that red shoes even though it has this massive buff to it you can still make the argument that auto attackers would keep the Cephalus and make burgundy yeah I, or i think they're mainly doing hermes but i think hermes are on, maybe like just fine as is like yeah. They have only they have twenty five defense, which is like only ten more defense than EOD boots at this point. Um, but it has the tenacity on it, so that's what a lot of people use it for. Because there's so many CC or characters with CC in this game, um, that you want that tenacity for. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. crazy how boots work. I just the boot slot is so. Uh overloaded with good transition items that yeah even though you said red shoes like red shoes tap roots they both exist but if you already have hermes then maybe you even maybe just don't swap off of it despite the bf shoes being so good yeah um, maybe this is a hot take but i think actually hermes is the worst shoes right now for like upgrade <laughs> well fine besides glacials glacials are the yeah, worst yeah. by far um, I think Mithril, if you want just defense shoes, I do Mithril boots. Like, Mithril boots have 37% attack speed on them. Like, if you're... And they have 18 defense, so you're losing 7 defense from Hermes, but you get the same movement speed, and you get 37% um, attack speed, which is what a lot of these auto-attackers want. No, oh, yeah, the boot slot's so overtuned. Wow. <laughs> That's uh, crazy. You say that, but I think the meth or the head slot is also quite overtuned as well. Like we have Persona, which is added. I think Opera Mask is super strong right now as well. Like the stats on it are insane. Um, this I like. This is off the top of my head, so I believe it's fifteen attack power, fifteen defense. 65 skill amp, 25 omni siphon, 0.1 movement speed, and uh, 200 max SP. So it, yeah, sounds about right for omni for uh that item. <laughs> it's it's a very overloaded item, but then you think of everyone, um, like all the auto attackers using Elysian Halo right now, um, with its biotic infusion. Mm -hmm. And I think Myth Helm is also really good too with cdr and attack speed it's i really like using mithril helm on throw that's like my preferred headpiece but i know maybe um Halo's better but i just i like the attack speed a lot and the cdr is quite nice and then of course we have persona which is just added as well so honestly it's just i think head slot and shoes are kind of the overloaded items right now yeah, I guess at this point you just say that all the transition items are very overloaded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um guess you yeah, you could just just make that claim. I don't know. I'd say like blazing dress is not as strong as people think it is. Oh yeah, that thing's been nerfed a lot, but Burgundy exists, so. Um yeah, and then I guess the next thing is just like the meta as a whole. Like what do you think is the strongest or weakest like archetype right now in the game? Um, I would say tank would be the weakest archetype by far, purely because, as far as I'm aware, two characters can run nearly full tank builds, those being Echion for one. Actually, I think only Echion's allowed to run full tank at the moment. No, you don't think, I've, I don't know, I've been seeing like, maybe like a decent amount of Magnus, but... 
yeah, but they aren't like fighting people, right? They're just running around because full tank Ekion will still delete you, but full tank Magnus will kind of just be a nuisance. I feel like I don't think his base damage is is it that good? I feel like I haven't seen any full tank Magnuses really threaten me whatsoever, but maybe I might be misremembering. Uh, yeah, like I don't know. They have nerfed. I think a decent amount with Magnus to like prevent him from building tank in the last major patch. So it might not just be as dominant as it was during preseason. Yeah. Yeah, but That's probably what it is. Hey, but what, what do you think is the the strongest? Um, I would probably say the strongest archetype is. If we're talking like flat out power, it's definitely mages because we have so many mages that are dominating at the very top which is again probably a result of certain weapons and items being incredibly overtuned like death rune or just like how interactions work in general obviously crit is right below that but with that in mind i think crit is definitely much easier to kind of wrap your head around than amp is but if you learn how to play amp correctly and you're playing a character that's very very strong with amp it's very easy to just kind of roll over most of the people in your lobby because they, for one, are playing a worse character, and for two, they probably don't really know how the matchup works too well, so they just roll over and collapse in on themselves. Yeah, I find it a bit ironic that we're saying mages are the strongest now, considering like two weeks ago they were like probably the weakest or second weakest archetype. Yeah, I guess excessive buffs do go a very long way when it comes to <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, balance in general. Yeah, for sure. And then the last thing we want to touch on is what do you think is going to be changed in this hotfix? The hotfix should be coming out pretty like soon, like in a couple hours. Um, what do you think is going to be changed? I the hotfixes I find are a lot better in terms of like balancing, so. What characters do you think will be like immediately addressed in this hotfix? Uh, that's such a hard question because it's. I think since the ranking challenge has already ended, Nimble Neuron's stats since the hot, last hotfix happened, the quality is probably significantly worse because just like last season, the moment the climbing challenge ended, like nobody in Korea played for like. Oh, like two weeks like all the good players in korea just took a break for two weeks because yeah. of how hard they grinded so i feel like the next few patches and hotfixes will probably be very we'll say we'll say going back to the roots of you know throwing a dart at the wall <laughs> i'll say because i think i don't expect this to happen but i want this to happen i want death rune to be nerfed obviously yeah and i would like certain amp items to be tuned up and down so like scotty being toned down just a hair kibana being toned down just a hair and then um maybe like all the problematic characters that you know like that auto people down two shots or like in the case of it being instantly maybe they redo some stuff that made them more toxic but i really doubt it's gonna happen in a hotfix if I had to guess what would happen, I'm assuming that random characters will be buffed. Oh, you think that, that no one wants buff? Yeah, I don't think they'll nerf anyone. I think they're gonna buff random characters. Like, do you think it'll be any of the characters we've talked about today at all, or just someone that we haven't even touched on who's just 
seems to be doing okay, or like maybe a little bit below, um, but not like the worst. <laughs> I'll say Rio. I'll say Rio and Elena will get buff, probably covered, and then after that, I don't know. And I'm only say Ringo Elena because those two characters are very popular, like with the community. So yeah, considering you know, what Elena <laughs> was second for the skin, right? Yeah. So yeah, I could definitely see Elena being buffed, even though. I don't know. I still I still have mixed feelings on Elena. I people are saying, oh, Elena's so strong, but the her stats are saying, no, she's like weak. Um but for yeah, me I, I definitely have to see how she's played to make that opinion, honestly. <laughs> yeah. For Elena. Yeah, and for me, I'd say I think Felix will get nerfed. I think and there's other like I, I still think Celine will actually get touched again. Um, I think you mentioned that though as well. Celine, you said Celine, what? Celine, Adina, Echion, or Echion. Yeah, um, those are my three preferred nerfs, but who knows if they'll do that. Yeah, I could see Leon being. Actually, we have Kathy still as our pick grade, so probably Kathy. Yeah, Kathy. Oh my gosh, what's he said? Yeah, Felix and Leon. But again, Leon is. But he didn't really have like the the highest pick rate, right? So it might just be like Celine and Felix that get touched. Yeah, it, there's really so many characters that they could touch at this point, but we will genuinely have to see because the stats have probably changed a lot since the challenge ended. So who knows what they'll do? Yeah. Um. If there's any questions from chat, you guys want us to to cover or like do you think we missed something feel free to just yeah message something in chat if you have a question or i guess even a statement <laughs> that you'd want us to <laughs> to talk about before we yeah. wrap up oh. i guess what do you think oh here uh, we got a question. Do you think Sua's in a good place? Okay, so Sua was one of the characters that got a huge buff in the last hotfix. I'd say she was one of the winners of the or not hotfix, of the last major buff or major patch sorry. So I, from what I've seen of Sua, I still think she's like decent. Um, she might even be above average still. Just they gave her so many buffs. I've what are your thoughts with Sua? I think, I think ironically, she's probably not that great because again, ranged auto attackers and ranged mages are really strong right now. And I think if Sua hits everything at the moment, I haven't really seen her hundred to zero people when she like hits Q E weapon skill and then her next E. So it's really down to that. I think she can. I think she should be still good, but. It's just ironically enough, she isn't countering the people that she was meant to counter, so she's probably not being played very often due to that alone. Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe I'm overestimating the I have a bit of a hatred for Sua, so No, I do too. Which is why that, that hurt me to say, but I really do feel like she's not as good as I want to believe she is. Because I want her to say she's like insanely OP so she can get nerfed more, but yeah. It feels like she just doesn't do well. Cause I remember from a season six tournament where um Superior had like essentially full Exodia and Uzma had like 
one upgrade item, and then Uzma destroyed Superior, despite a huge RNG gap, and I feel like that gap's only widened with Season 7, and if that's the case, then Sua probably just isn't going to be that spectacular. Yeah, I, I looked at the stats for Sua, and they didn't actually look that hot, other than average rank, but yeah, when Sua's kid, it makes sense her average rank is fine, because of ER. Double um, A-meter clash. Yeah, so you can just kind of escape most situations without issue. Well, it's not even just in your dash, it's that she's also CC immune as well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and uh, your last question, what about Laura? Okay, so Laura's... Well, okay, the thing with Laura and just, I guess, amp characters, because right now she's playing amp more. Um, Didn't, the, didn't they also change something with, like, Laura's passive as well? Um, Yeah, I thought she was so bugged. I feel like Laura's always uh, bugged. So. Oh yeah, they're saying that was during the, was it during preseason that the people were saying she was bugged, or is it, um, at the end of season six? I think both, but I don't know if she was fixed. So, um, but I will say just as like uh, me playing Lennox as a whip character, Bloody Nine Tails is really good right now. <laughs> so it's base stats a uh, hundred and twenty app, and it goes up to a hundred and sixty. So it. Just think about Cabana being 90. Um, it's almost double. It's basically two Cabanas <laughs> for a weapon. So if you get that nine tails, you are in a pretty good spot. But yeah, looking at yeah, looking at Laura, I could basically say her win rate's like above average at 21 right now. Let me do diamond just in case. Um, and her kills are like above average as well. So yeah, I think if you're able to get nine tails online, you're pretty much just secured first place. Yeah, nine tails, thirteen point five percent pick rate, and average rank of one point seven four. So yeah, if you're getting nine tails, you're pretty much winning the game. Uh, at this point. And other than that, like her average kill seems like quite fine too. I know that with her, she's like a red sprite character, and red sprite's quite strong right now. But. Yeah. I think also, was it, I think post-Castellate would also help her too. Oh, the W, yeah. Her W change was massive. Uh, and I know they also kind of put a lot of damage in her ultimate as well, which uh, is a good and bad thing, right? Like, if you miss it, you're missing a lot of your damage, but if you land it, it's like a huge nuke. <laughs> True, yeah. It doesn't get 1,000 damage by itself. It's pretty so, crazy. So, yeah. That would be with Laura. I think she's Laura, I think Laura's fine. Unlike Sua, okay. You know, it goes against my gut. I think, yeah, Sua's probably... <laughs> I don't want to say Sua needs a buff so badly, but um, I Sua might need a bit of a buff. But Laura, I think Laura's fine. I wouldn't touch Laura at all. Yeah, I, I would say Sua's in actually a good place, but the meta doesn't let her be good. So if they buff Sua, then I wouldn't be surprised, but I prefer if they nerfed everything around her instead. Yeah, that's true. I, I would agree with that as well. But yeah, that will be um, it's a it for today. Uh, thanks everyone for coming to our first episode. And yeah, oh, okay. Here, by the way, what are the characters on screen for? So we're talking about um average rank. This is one I've left them on screen. I could take it off now because we're done with that. But they were the average rank. These are the lowest average rank characters that have at least a 1% pick rate. So 
that's what we were we were just talking about different stats and how the meta is just kind of like shaped around them. So yeah, these are the five of lowest average ranked characters with at least a one percent pick rate uh, at this time. Yeah, that will be I guess it for our first episode of Making Sense of Eternal Turn. Uh, we'll be doing our next episode next week. Brian Flanks will not be here. We'll have um special guest co-star or co-host of Shuvi Senpai. I'll be making an announcement about that later on, uh, like next week. So yeah, I appreciate everyone who's came to today's episode. And I yeah, I hope you guys listen to the next one as well. Thank you for having me, Nico. It really spent a lot for me that you asked me for this, and it was really fun. Yeah, was... And yeah, to be with you guys well next week. Do not worry one bit about that. That was good. So we'll uh, talk about making sense of Charles Hearn next week.